0: It's a blast from the past.
1: Please listen
2: carefully. Coco! Welcome to the
1: Coco Crew Podcast. A delicious adventure into the world of retrocomputing news and information. Featuring the Tandy Color Computer.
0: Got your
2: Cocoa 3? Yes! Cocoa! Okay, welcome to the Cocoa Crew Podcast, uh, episode 98. Uh, so what's going on here? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, it... Um, you know, just uh, we've got the, kind of the crew together here. Uh, of course, I'm here. Uh, I've got um, Neil is here. Hello, Neil. Hello, John. Um, uh, Mike is here. Hello, Mike. Hello, Coco Cruisers. Boise is here. Hello, Boise.
1: It is good to be back.
2: <laughs> and uh, we have our uh, a special guest appearance by Mr. Ron King. Hello, Ron.
0: Hello, everybody. Thank I'm you for uh, having me right. on. <laughs>
2: I just promoted you. I'm sorry,
0: <laughs> Ron yeah, King. I, heard,
3: I saw. I heard that. Ron Klein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ron
2: King. Well, we have uh, someone in our uh, John's old uh, Cub Scout leader was Ron King. For what it's worth, but anyway, Ron Klein. <laughs> sorry about Thank that. Thank
0: you. It's all right. We have a crazy cane that just went up the chicken joint. So cane's on everybody's right. mind lately. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff we have it down here.
2: Awesome. So what have you guys been up to? You been doing anything uh, interesting or fun? Uh, I know Boise's been uh, dropping a few interviews to entertain us all. So that's been pretty cool to have. Yep. You know, what, what are you, are you still uh, in the woodworking uh, uh, shop all the time now, or are you doing something else?
4: Yeah, still doing the uh, Gamesters, but uh, in other free time, I've been re- going through all my uh, Tandy DOS machines, restoring them one by one. So that's been fun.
2: Cool. Well, that's cool. Um. Anyone else? Mike, you been up to anything? Uh, I've been doing
1: a lot of reading. Uh, oh, that's cool. OS nine and stuff, and uh, uh, been been watching Boise's work on uh, OS nine level two.
2: Cool. And uh, anyone else working on that Phoenix two fifty six? I know Boise's yeah, been doing some work there.
3: Yep, yeah, there are some other people. If we uh, we get into what was been filling our cocoa time, I'll get into it if we talk about it in the host discussion. I'll give more details, but yeah.
2: Cool. cool. Um, I have, um, well, just been doing work, uh, not, not much in the uh, hobby stuff lately. Um, you know, thinking about uh, what to do with my pile of stuff, but still sort of the same pile. <laughs> you know, I'm still randomly pursuing a few artifacts here and there on eBay when I get a chance so um anyway so i'm sure anybody listening is uh, probably got the question of, are we back uh no we're not back uh, we're calling it episode 98 uh because hasn't been that long and we we'll hope to make a full episode out of this but uh this is, we're, this is we're not starting back up for any kind of monthly or even semi-annual uh, commitments um we just um you know we, we do keep in touch and chat and we see. Uh, Current events in the community, which uh, we do hope to talk a little bit about uh, some of those. And uh, we thought it might be worth uh, recording it and just getting back together and, uh, you know, talking to everyone or talking to, to at least to each other. <laughs> so let's see. Dan, it's uh, we're a week before Christmas now. Um, I reckon that makes Tandy Assembly about nine months away. We kind of touched on the projects or, or what, what all we're working on. Uh, I think we've already gone over that. How about... Anything on eBay? I did uh, bid on uh, one of those um, of the Bjork uh, Snake Pit uh, copies from eBay uh, out of his uh, little haul that has his piecemeal made it up to to, uh, to eBay. Uh, I haven't got it yet. Hopefully that'll be here in another week or so. A little a little overpriced perhaps, but uh, I was unfamiliar with the game and thought it might be nice to have. Anyone else buy anything cool?
3: I haven't bought anything cool, but I have been noticing, as I'm sure we all have, that cocoa three prices are continuing to go up.
2: Yeah, I have been seeing the price speculation there going pretty high. I don't know if anybody's actually buying them, but uh, you know, I guess we'll see. Then you know, they're not making any more of those. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, this point is where I, I say uh, that's good enough to get us started. And so we'll take a little break, and um, we'll be back with a few announcements. It's a Radio
1: Shack Merry Christmas. Well oh, I remember that Christmas. Dad gave me my first shortwave radio from Radio Shack. What memories. This Christmas, we got our son's Color Computer 3 from Radio Shack. It hooks right up to our TV and was on sale for less than $130. The Color Computer 3 makes learning fun. Jimmy even lets me use it for word processing. When he isn't playing computer games, lucky I still got my shortwave. Save $70 on the sale priced Color Computer 3 only at Radio Shack.
2: All right, welcome back, Coco Cruisers. Now it's time for a few announcements. Of course, uh, you are listening to the Coco Crew podcast. Um, we are um, still available on uh, Twitter. I guess I should say X now. Uh, X says, at Cocoa Crew Podcast, that's at sign C O C O C R E W P O D C A S T. And so, um, what does what the what does the X say now for uh, tweeting instead of instead of tweets? Surely um, they've got something. Um, anyway, if you want to express uh, yourself to us, uh, <laughs> we may express ourselves back to you. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, whatever. Let's see. We of course also available. Um, uh, we're available on Facebook uh, with a group called uh, The Coco Crew Podcast. Um, the group is still there, still active, still interact some there. We've been posting uh, the links to um, Boise's interview releases and uh, still interacting some with uh, you know our faithful listeners. Uh, so <laughs> you can still come and join the party and, uh, you know, be part of the crew. So please come and uh, you know, we'll be happy to have you. Let's see. Um, we, of course, are available. We're podcast. We're available through Apple Podcasts and on Google Play for uh, normal podcast downloading. And, uh, of course, we also have the RSS feed at kogacrew.org. And if you want to stream us, we're able to be streamed through Spotify, through Stitcher, and through TuneIn. And uh, so just one more try at the old joke. Uh, TuneIn, of course, is the service used by Alexa. Uh, so, uh, Alexa. Play Cocoa Crew podcast, and uh, you know that should find us. So, ha ha ha! Hopefully, that just turned on somebody's Alexa. Um, of course, have, uh, I, I intend to do this podcast, this episode as well. But we've been converting all the episodes to do uh, a, a video version and post them as a playlist on YouTube. So, if you prefer to uh, consume a podcast. Uh, you know, it's audio, but uh, as a video on YouTube, uh, we do put up a little display with a few changing graphics and, uh, you know, waveform of our voices. Anyway, some people seem to appreciate that. I think the big plus of using YouTube is uh, YouTube is able to automatically generate subtitles. So if, um, you know, perhaps if you have a difficulty hearing or if English is not your first language or if... Um, you know, if one of us has an accent that's difficult for you to comprehend, you might want to try ch- checking the show out on YouTube. Of course, uh, audio for the Cobra Group Podcast is hosted at uh, Anchor by Spotify. Probably doesn't make any difference, but if you do <laughs> go look for it, uh, it's out there on Anchor. Uh, if you want to reach out to the hosts of the Cobra Group Podcast, we have a few email addresses that are still available for you to use. See, so we've got uh, three that will reach the, all the hosts, uh, include... Uh, S-H-O-W at cococree.org. Podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at cococree.org. Uh, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, at cococree.org. Uh, let's see, I've got individual uh, emails that'll reach us individually. Where I'm available is uh, John, J-O-H-N, at cococree.org. Neil is available as Neil, N-E-I-L, at Uh Mike is available as Mike, M-I-K-E, at cococree.org. Boise is available as Boise, B-O-I-S-Y, at CocaCrew.org. And I think Ron is still available as Ron at CocaCrew.org. So it R-O-N is. at CocaCrew.org. It still works. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got uh, just a handful of show announcements. The first up coming May 4th and 5th of 2024. We have the um, 32nd annual last Chicago Coca Fest. Uh, Will be held in uh, at the Holiday Inn and Suites in Chicago, Carol Stream. So that was uh, I think that was the first time there last this past year. Um, it was a big improvement over the the previous year's uh, hotel, mostly because the the management of that hotel had changed hands. And anyway, the the, the Carol Stream Holiday Inn uh, was a pretty good place to visit. I know um, Boise enjoyed having the uh, burgers there at Burger Theory. Yeah, very um, much so. <laughs> so, anyway, Cocoa Fest was traditionally the uh, the big event in the cocoa world, sponsored by Glenside, and, uh, you know, they continue to put it on. So, you know, if you're looking for a cocoa event, uh, you may want to consider getting yourself to the Chicago area uh, in, uh, in um, early May. So, let's see. And coming up, a, a new one to the list. Well, not entirely new to the list, but uh, Vintage Computer Festival Southwest 2024. We held uh, June 14th through 16th of 2024. Going to be at the Davidson Gundy Alumni, Alumni Center at the University of Texas at Dallas. So right there in that uh, the traditional home of Tandy in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, VCF is, of course, a, a general retrocomputing event. The reason I've uh, mentioned it uh, this time is because I want to plug that I have a group of uh, Tandy interested folks that uh, have um, decided to, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, but they're going to have a sort of a a sub event or a a, a gathering there for Tandy folks uh, under the banner of Tandy Assembly. Not uh, not directly running it, but uh, we did consult with them, and uh, we are aware of it, and uh, they have our blessing. So, uh, you know, if you're uh, in, in or near the Dallas-Fort Worth area and uh, around the middle of June, check out VCF Southwest, and that will be, again, at the University of Texas at Dallas. All right. And, of course, um, coming up um, the September 27th through the 29th, um of 2024 tandy assembly 2024 um this is uh what we consider the big event in the cocoa world these days and certainly the big event for the tandy world these days uh, we get a mix of uh cocoa and um uh, z80 uh tandy stuff and even some uh you know, other things like pocket computers and you know whatever else it's a good group of people that show up and and it's a good mix of people and uh, it's just a good good uh, thing to attend there in Springfield Ohio, it's a pretty cool little town uh, I know uh, Boise likes the coffee shop across the street and so uh, I hope everyone will uh, try to make way to Springfield in, uh, in uh, late September and uh, come and join us at Handy Assembly Alright, that is the end of our announcements so uh, we'll take another little break and then we'll be back with uh, some feedback.
1: I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. I have a Coco 3, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand computers, I guess. I like playing games and word processing and programming and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown. You're the only person I know who could take a wonderful thing like a color computer and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest.
2: Okay, Coco Cruisers. Now it's time for a little feedback. Uh, see, these are basically feedback that were collected uh, after episode ninety-seven, which is our, you know our, our last monthly episode and uh just wanted to you know acknowledge this feedback and share it with you and uh, thanks for everyone sending that sends feedback along so first one i've got identified here is uh from mr steve stroh not steve stroh bridge he's a little bit later steve stroh s-t-r-o-h like the beer says in listening to Cocoa crew i never felt like my time was being wasted well that's pretty good uh a pretty good compliment and i'm happy to have that one and uh a good, a good uh, epitaph for for the work that we've done over the years. Glad to think that uh, we were respectful of of our listeners' time and uh, hopefully produce a good quality, uh, entertaining product. So thank you very much, Steve. And okay, moving on, uh, the next one comes uh, from Mr. Brian Weasler. He says, "I'm sad that your podcast has come to an end, but I want to thank you for all the contributions and information you have made and shared." Again, thank you, Brian. <laughs> Glad to have helped, uh, helped you enjoy the hobby a little bit and hopefully entertained you a little bit about along the way. Okay, we've got uh, this one is from um, maybe a surprising source, but uh, Steve Strobridge. He says, I respect and admire what you guys did for us. I'd love to celebrate that in any future capacity that may seem appropriate. Thank you very much, Steve. I know uh, we uh, did not always see it eye to eye. But uh, we tried to persevere and produce a good product, and I, I hope you enjoyed what we've uh, made available. So thank you for saying so. And then, of course, our final ones from Mr. Uh, Rocky Hill, uh, the pseudonym of, uh, of course, Pedro Pena. He says, uh, thank you for giving us such a good show. Glad you enjoyed it, Pedro. Thanks for saying so. All right, well, that's the end of our uh, feedback session. So um, let's take another break here and uh, then be back with uh, – uh, one or more discussion topics.
1: P. Clear Records is proud to bring you newly discovered Cocoa Christmas hits from the Damp Basement archives. Here is just a sample. I'm dreaming of a white Coco. So happy to be on my cocoa three Typing in a basic program What yourself. sound back this Christmas all I want for Christmas is a cocoa three a cocoa three a cocoa-free, three sitting cocoa These songs and two more were discovered on molded cassettes. Originally recorded on a CCR-81 cassette recorder, these songs have been copied directly to a CCR-83 and are now available to the public on cassette for just $8.99. That's right, just $8.99. Order now to make your Coco Christmas complete. To get your cassette of Coco Christmas, and $8.99 by check or money order to Clear Records. Coco Christmas Offer 3Z9, Elm Tree, Ontario, Canada.
2: All right, Coco Cruisers, welcome back. Um, now it's time for the host to uh, get in and uh, hustle it up uh, have a little uh, say about this and that. This is usually where we end up uh, <laughs> maybe uh, occasionally saying a little too much or maybe slightly the wrong thing or expressing our opinions. And um, hopefully not to be misinterpreted. I'll uh, we'll ask you to be generous in your uh in uh, your reception of what we say, and uh, assume that we're saying things uh, with good intent. <laughs> so, for the first topic, so I'm sure many of you, if you're well, if you're actually monitoring a podcast feed, there's a pretty good chance that you're also either um, well, you might be on Discord, or you may be on Facebook, or uh, right. you might be reading the Coco mailing list, and so uh, you probably are aware that um, there have been a, a few items of interest that uh, claim to be or appear to have come from an estate sale from the estate of um mr steve or steve is it steven steven R. robert Bort, steve bjork
3: York, York, not Bort right
2: right anyways they appear to be from the estate of steve bjork now we don't know at this point uh we don't know if um if uh Steve has cast off his surly bonds uh gone on to his reward or if perhaps he is um maybe just not uh, not no longer able to uh, be on his own or 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 what we have not seen uh, um, any kind of obituary we have not seen a death certificate we've not seen a greeting card from a nursing home uh saying hey, i am uh, Hanging out here We really have no idea what has happened to Steve So more than once I heard Steve um, relay a story That uh, all his Cocoa stuff had um, disappeared from a storage unit After a robbery of some sort That, And if that's the source of this stuff It'd be interesting to know We don't really have any way of knowing that either if that's not the source of the stuff, uh, then you know maybe that story wasn't completely accurate because uh, there's a fair amount of things that again um, like, you know, well none of us have actually touched anything so we don't really know. Uh, but there are definitely um, diskettes, master diskettes, diskettes that appear to be backups of some sort, some uh, claiming to um, perhaps have source code on them. They appear to be the discs that were used to demonstrate the, uh, the working status of uh, of uh, The Last Ninja at a Cocoa Fest a few years ago. And one of the uh, auctions uh, appeared to have printed source code, uh, not exactly sure to what. And there were also a, a number of, um, you know, game packages that, you know, might otherwise have been commercial, commercially available um, for sale in the back of Rainbow Magazine or something. Anyway, we don't know where they came from. I mean, some of them pretty clearly have Bjork's name on them. There's been a lot of debate in the community. What is quite sure what's happened to Steve. A lot of people have tried to find out, including it uh, sounds like some people have tried to contact Steve's wife. Certainly people have looked for obituaries. Anyway, uh, so like I said, all we really know is that somebody has these items and has made them available or made some of them in, in a few uh, collections, uh, sub-collections, the uh, uh, three or four um, auctions on eBay. And, of course, this has uh, been a mixed reaction. Some people are happy that this stuff has not been thrown away. Some have tried to rally Glenside to participate in the auctions to purchase the items, presumably for some kind of historical preservation. I don't know what the status of that is or will be. Of course, we have the usual amount of grumbling about people trying to profiteer off of eBay or or whatever. Some people are never quite satisfied when something goes for sale, uh, you know, unless it somehow gets given to them for free. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Uh, Hope that didn't hurt your ears. Anyway, uh, I think I've set the stage and rambled a little bit. But uh, I have uh, all my co-hosts here. I think perhaps uh, maybe Boise or our Cocoa uh, community historian may have some words of wisdom to express there, or at least some opinions.
3: Uh, sure, I can go. Uh, I've been watching the news. Obviously, it's pretty heavy on the COCO, various Cocoa forums and Facebook groups and things like that. No matter what is going on with Stephen, certainly we hope for the best, I would convey to everyone that. The lesson to take away from this is that we should all properly plan while we have our faculties and are in a situation of health to do so to donate or make some plans for all of our Cocoa stuff. I know that for me, I have source code all on GitHub. I don't really have any proprietary source code that I have not released. So that is done. But I do have hardware and cocos and things like that. And I do have plans in place for... Getting those to in certain hands of certain organizations when my time comes. So, and that's automatically going to be done for me in my case. So, my wishes are known. They're in, down and writing, put down in writing and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, I would encourage people with sizable collections and historical artifacts like source code to do that. It's a very important thing to to do. And it's unfortunate that we're in the situation we're in with with Steve's uh, source code and other things. And it's also frustrating to see, frankly, the people on eBay trying to really, you know, make a lot of uh, money on this. And Everybody's free to do what they want, right? Free enterprise and all that. But it is unfortunate to see this, especially given the fact that my understanding was that Steve had made arrangements to get his tickle insight somehow, and that didn't happen. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I'll I'll let other people.
2: I mean, you make a good point. I mean, uh, you know, Steve... (laughs) was developing code at a time well before GitHub existed. My would we'll go out on a limb and, and suggest that based on his other comments that I've heard that Steve he would probably not be completely amenable to any kind of open source release of his code. But, you know, if you are, um, uh, or if you otherwise have historical uh, stuff, uh, I definitely would uh, recommend uh, using a GitHub or a similar repository for your stuff, uh, even if it's SourceForge or something ancient like that. But uh, I have um, some projects that I had previously had available on pu- uh, public Git uh, servers. I know Ron uh, had taken down, the, uh, had gotten the source for my uh, Coco project from one of those, but I'm not sure it's still available anymore. I probably should transfer that over to. GitHub or GitLab or somebody like that, but uh, you know, like you say, if you care about the stuff, if you care about any sort of legacy, if you care about whether or not the Cocoa con- continues, or if you care about the people in the Cocoa community and want them to enjoy continue to enjoy the hobby uh, to the best of their ability, you probably want to consider, you know, making use of things available. And there are public resources available for things like source code, things like hardware. I mean. Uh, obviously, uh, I've I've seen Boise's uh, garage. I know he has stuff uh, pretty neatly aligned on, on shelves and such. I do not, uh, but, <laughs> but somebody will have to clean this room out, and hopefully my kids know not to throw the stuff away. Like I said, if you care, you need to make your needs known, uh, your wishes known, hopefully to somebody who will actually have the access to the things and care enough to do it. And I, I'm not trying to disparage anyone. I don't know. I have no idea what happened with Steve's things. Um, it doesn't appear that the plan that he stated to have his things go to Glenside, uh, does not appear that that is what happened. So what happened, what did happen is probably a mystery that we may never really know the answer to. Anyway, uh, let's see who, who else? Um, Mike, have you got uh, anything to add here?
1: I would just reiterate that uh, we've actually had uh, host discussions about, you know, planning your estate <laughs> for this this uh, type of thing, and, and you really should pay attention to it. I mean, it's un- unfortunate that it just uh, – well, I shouldn't say unfortunate. Maybe that's what Steve decided to do to simplify things or, or whatever, and that's, that's his right. Um, I, I think I'll go out on a limb here and, and just say that I found it kind of uh, – some of the traffic and discussion of this I found a little bit uh, – for lack of a better word, distasteful, ghoulish, uh, yeah. yeah, kind of sharks in the water kind of uh, thing. I mean, I know people are excited about getting the stuff, but they kind of dehumanized Steve in a way that, that seemed uh, a little unsavory or doesn't reflect well on the on the community. Even if you know, I don't believe anybody was uh, uh, intentionally doing that. They were just excited about uh, this collection, but it did cause a. a cause a, a lot of chatter and, and for all they know steve is seeing that traffic uh <laughs>
2: well the, the other thing is that all the talk of um you know historical preservation or whatever you know again i i i certainly had my issues with steve and and um but he was a part of the community for a long time and said many things and again i'm as an open source advocate in general um perhaps i took some of these things a, a little too much to heart but i'm pretty sure that um Steve, well, I'd be so very surprised if Steve would actually want his source code released to the public for various reasons, which may or may not be completely um, valid or or accurate. But based on his opinions expressed, I'm not sure his his, uh, uh, source code or even his binaries uh, ought to be released to the public if you're trying to respect his wishes. So we'll see what happens there. Um, How about you, Ron?
0: i agree with boise with a lot of stuff i know i've had conversations with my wife tongue-in-cheek because you know she comes down to the basement where i have a lot of this stuff and you know she doesn't have much interest in it obviously i'm sure a lot of our spouses don't significant others but um we have talked about over the years like where i'd like certain things to go and this and that and um you know we're all getting older i mean we can certainly put things in our will or our whatever we want to have it sent to other friends but Frankly, it's, it's hard to, to find younger people that are interested in this, so I think Boise's idea of getting them to some other institution that does preserve this type of thing is probably a good idea. Um, as far as source code, I don't have a lot of stuff I've done development-wise, um, writing for the COCO particular, but I do post my source code uh, for scripts and things like that that I've done for my various projects, and I'll continue to do that. but. This whole thing playing out, yeah, it, I, I think it's very prudent that we start to look at things like that, um, getting our stuff archived and or making it available in a repository. So, um, you know, if there are younger generations that want to use this, then they can. They can see how things were done and, um, you know, maybe even get some enjoyment and some learning out of it. Beyond that, I didn't know Steve. Very well I, I met him at a cocoa fest a few years ago when he attended, and he was nice enough to provide me some tape to for the carpeting at the time to put down some extension cords but uh I, I couldn't really get time with him to talk he was he was kind of just busy chatting with other people and you know I hope everything's well with him and if if not, you know I, I hope uh, I hope his family is is doing okay and this and that so that's about it.
2: And I'm sure all of us agree that we have, um, you know, no real animus here. But um, we hope that uh, that Steve is healthy and and well, and um, hopefully this is all just, well, hopefully it's just a funny story in the end. But um, you know, it hasn't played out to the point where we can be sure of that. Neil, it seems like I've skipped you. Do you have anything to add here?
4: First of all, I hope Steve is is all right with all this uh, going on. And I mean, this has really taught us a lesson here that you know, really, we should have our stuff in line. You know, especially if you have code and stuff you want to, you know, get out there when your time does come. But going back to what you were saying, John, I agree. Steve was a very private guy from what I know of him. And a part of me thinks that if he wanted this stuff to be released, the source code to be released, he would have done that a while ago. Wouldn't you think? It just seems strange to me. He knows how to do, you know, Uh, use GitHub and, and those sort of things, right?
1: I agree. It's something he would have done already if he wanted to.
4: Yeah, I was shocked to see those discs even surface.
2: Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, I I, I was at the um, the Koga Fest where he displayed his work on the Last Ninja. Um, those discettes, you know, look familiar to me based on the, the the two minutes of seeing them there or whatever, which was many years ago now. But it, it certainly looked like the same discettes to me. I don't know where they've been. I don't know, you know, why he hasn't released things in the past. Uh, I'm sure, pretty sure he's been asked to release those things and for whatever reason chose not to. Uh, I'm, I can't make his case for him. So uh, again, I have no idea, but I, I would you know, if you're looking to to honor his wishes, then releasing that stuff to the public may not be the right thing to do from a purely historical standpoint. I mean, I, I feel like it is the right thing to do from that perspective. Uh, certainly, if with no wishes expressed, that's how I would lean. But uh, you know, again, if if you're trying to honor his wishes, I, I, I do I do kind of think that maybe that stuff uh, you know was not intended to be released. Anyway, <laughs> well, now that we have solved that issue, <laughs> any uh, any other word on that cover? No, uh, I think it's probably kind of covered. Um, all right, well, let's um, let's table that issue for a while uh, unless something else comes up happy
4: cocoa christmas everyone you can have a bonzer time this christmas with your cocoa but make sure that your code will arrive alive don't drink and drive wire it's easy to make your holiday a bit safer you may have four or more people at your party make sure there is room for everyone Paste the drinks. Overdoing it can lead to disaster if you were to type in the wrong command or file name. Make sure that people are eating along with their drinking. Keep plenty of high-fat snacks on hand. Don't gamble with software. Make frequent backups. And always have a designated typist. By taking a few simple precautions, you can derive more enjoyment from your cocoa and your friends. Please, drink and cocoa responsibly this holiday season. Don't drink and drive wire.
2: This PSA was sponsored by the Derby Color Computer Users Group. So I'd like to move on to something else that continues to pop up and still sort of bewilders me because I I don't really see the use for it. Um, but it certainly attracts a lot of attention. A lot of people are interested in this uh, this item, and of course, that item that I'm referring to is, is the um, the gimme axe uh, from from Ed Snyder. This piece of hardware, you know, at some point it was sort of dreamed up and um, sounded a lot like uh, a lot of earlier discussions. That uh, you know, ultimately ended up as sort of Cocoa Four style discussions, meaning. A lot of people with opinions to saying how you know they, they wanted a, a lollipop or whatever <laughs> but uh you know at some point um the the there was enough work done with the Coco 3 related uh, emulations and Coco 3 fpga packages and whatever that uh fpga implementation of the gimme became possible it did some Interesting work on uh, how to uh, adapt a uh, FPGA um, back into the the gimme socket. But whatever he's got, it's uh, you know, like I said, You got it's a he got a past prototype stage. Uh, I know he produced a few of those items. Uh, I know there's of uh, three or four people at least who have them, but it's still not at a just go down and and plop down your money and get one stage and may never be and. I kind of think that that's probably the most likely, due to you know production complications, personal complications that we're aware of through Facebook. Um, that where Ed's had some uh, complications in his life that um, drew his attention elsewhere. Um, but still, he has a, a few diehards that keep popping up and demanding to know what's the status and when's it going to be there and why won't you take my money? all that sort of stuff. Ron, I believe you actually are one of the, the people who got one of those gimme X, um, not quite prototypes. Uh, does it work? Uh, have you been able to do anything useful with it?
0: I do have one. I had at the time when Ed was talking about, you know, releasing a few, I had sent him an email and I, and I'm sure a lot of people did. So I wasn't expecting actually to, uh, to get contacted back, but I did. And, um, I had a motherboard at the time that did not have a gimme chip. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably not alone in that. So my big thing was, can I get this Cocoa motherboard, Cocoa 3 motherboard working again? And the other thing, I liked the idea that it, it had some different video options. You know, it still had our RGB output. The composite was still there, but he provided, um, BGA output similar to, uh, using a connector similar to like, the Coco VGA, which makes sense because he helped produce those as well. So I wound up getting one, and um, I didn't look at it for trying to take advantage of some of its other features because I think that was something else people might have been interested in, some different video modes, different things like that. I was just interested in getting a gimme replacement with clean clean video output. So when I got it, I I did run some tests through it. I ran a bunch of programs in it, and I found some things, and I would – contact um, mostly Gary. I don't know the timing. I'm trying to think now if Ed was really available for some of these questions, but I would get a hold of Gary. They would help by doing firmware updates, but I haven't really seen much. You know, As time's kind of gone on, it seemed like it was very stagnant. I know Gary jumps into Discord once in a while, and he'll talk about it, and it sounds like they may ramp up production on it again um but i'm curious too for people that really do want one because there seems to be a lot of interest is it just because they're trying to replace uh a gimme that they don't have or is it because we have a lot of software developers that want to take advantage of some of the the new features of it i i don't know and then the other thing is i know there's been talk about what else could be done for a gimme replacement maybe different from what Ed has just because certain parts are hard to get, certain FPGA devices are hard to get. And, um, and to even add more to that, if you think about it, um, you mentioned Rocky Hill earlier, Pedro, he has released, and actually open sourced it, uh, a COCO3 motherboard, COCO2 motherboard, which has a traditional gimme socket, but I mean, who's stopping somebody now from just grabbing that and coming up with a different socket type that can accept a different type of FPGA and then emulate the gimme from there. So, I I think if people are really worried about not having a way to use a Coco three, I think there's other options that could be made available. And I'm not talking about just software emulation and MAME. I'm talking about you know an actual motherboard with something on there that can that can do what the gimme did, or at least most of it. Um, those are my thoughts. I mean, it, it would be nice if there was something that was out, but I, you know, who knows um, if that's going to happen through, through Ed and Gary, through their partnership, or if it's going to be through somebody else or not at all. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, Gary
2: is Gary Becker.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Gary Becker. Yep.
2: Well, well so I, I wonder how many Coco 3 motherboards there are with bad uh, or blown gimmies. Uh, one of those things that it's kind of like the, um, the the joystick connectors that are so loose that you can't keep a joystick in them. I, I've never seen that, but uh, I got the impression that there are a fair number of them out there that, that somehow have that issue. Um, and so I, I've also gotten the impression that there are people who have seen a lot of blown gimmies. Uh, I have not. Um, Boise, I, I think I've heard you say something to the effect of that. You don't find Cocoa Threes uh, that you can't re- can't get running again or haven't found or something like that? No, I mean
3: the Gimme's aren't so rare that, you know, you can't find you have to replace them. I mean occasionally I have a Cocoa 3 that'll break and <clears throat> the Gimme'll be bad, but there's so many there's still so many Cocoa threes out there. Uh there, there are more Cocoa twos than Cocoa Threes, no doubt. I mean the eBay auctions pair sure. out. But I don't I think the Gimme X as, it's an interesting project. And look, Cocoa computing isn't that practical to begin with, so I'm not saying that, <laughs> you know, it's, but it, i think the Guinea X is an interesting project from like what is possible, it's the art of the possible. I think from a pragmatic point of view, you know, the, the high resolution graphics modes and we're we're I'm encountering a little bit of this on the F two fifty six as well, right? The the um I think the Gimma X has what, three twenty by two hundred by 256 color, like full 256 color? Is that right? Ron, do you know?
0: Yeah, I'd have to let me take a look. Right. I have uh, one of the
3: documents. So, So that is like a full 64K image. That's 64K just for the image. So the practicality of dealing with that in a computer where the CPU memory size or the CPU address space is 64K is challenging. Whereas before, a 320 by 200 by 16-color screen, I think, was 32K. And, you you know, you, you could map all 32K in to your 64K address space and do stuff with it. My point is that the, the features of the Gimme x in terms of the graphics capability add more challenge to dealing with larger screens. And it takes twice as time to load, right, because it's twice the number of pixels, twice the number of bytes. And you have to play a little bit more tricks with mapping in and out parts of the image to do things with it. But, I mean, it's an interesting experiment. I don't think, I mean, I think as a gimme replacement solution for the gimme itself, I would not personally sacrifice the gimme for the gimme X, but that's just my my preference. If I had a Coco 3 that didn't have a gimme, I could probably be persuaded to get a gimme X in that case. If I really wanted, if that was the only Coco 3 I had, which is not, I have plenty. But if someone were in my position that needed a gimme replacement the gimme x is probably something nice because you don't have to use those extra graphics modes obviously and and there may be some other features that i'm not aware of that the gimme x adds you know the other limitation is that ultimately no matter what you do with the gimme x or any other product like that you're limited to the to the physics of the coco 3 motherboard and speed at which those components can run
2: Uh, i do wonder you know the 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 extra video outputs you know the vga or whatever i mean somebody pointed out years before i thought it was actually true but vga is has become certainly less common now that we have the um you know the cables that that, that plug into those um um, hdmi converter boxes so you know you can use a a regular coco 3s rgb port and have an HDMI monitor. I'm not sure that uh, there's, there's as much call for adding extra video um, just just for the video format um, output. Uh, it it seems less useful. <laughs> I don't know, Neil, you're more in touch with the market on some of this stuff than I am. What do you think?
4: Well, a lot of people seem to still want them, but uh, I, I agree with what you're saying with the HDMI. I mean, that seems to be where everything is going. VGA is getting dated. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool project, but, you know, like Boise is saying, I mean, is it realistic to have those extra graphic modes if, you know, you can't really do much with them, with the processing power? Um, I do like the aspect that, it, you know, I mean, moving forward, if you were to create a brand new, you know, Cocoa 3 motherboard, we obviously don't have gimme chips anymore. So, I mean, that would probably be the way to go.
2: Uh, I, I agree there. I, I just kind of wonder... How much of a market is there for that?
4: Yeah, I was going to say uh, market wise. Yeah, I, I don't think the market's too huge.
2: Well, with Coco threes going for what five hundred bucks on eBay these days, or at least listed for five hundred bucks, and maybe there's a market there. Uh, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work for
4: yeah, not a lot of payoff I mean, from
2: for most people.
4: Well, that's true. Like, but I mean, on the other hand, I mean, I was at World of Commodore uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the Commodore scene—they actually have replacement motherboards that go in the C sixty fours. But I'll tell you, they're not cheap, And that's very expensive to invest in that hobby. You know, I mean, you're upwards five, $600. Um, but, I mean, it probably does cost that to make and all the R&D. Like, I'm not saying it's overpriced, but, you know, so it's kind of what you're saying is, you know, whether you pay 500 on eBay for an original Coco 3 or if we were to make a replacement motherboard, it's still going to roughly be the same cost. I can't see it, you know, being any cheaper.
2: Well, um, Mike, you're out there. I'm sure you've got the practical opinion on this.
1: <laughs> well uh, yeah the, the i've never been uh, i've never been interested in the in the gimme x for myself uh yeah it's, it's it's kind of a prototype item out there and uh obviously people are interested And wanna get one and, and see what it's about and but you don't it's its production is questionable but but what isn't these days um you know, i just recently purchased a uh a phoenix uh f-256 junior and uh that's you know it supports a lot to, it's faster it's 6809 you know uh it's a real piece of hardware and not to say that's better than that but i'm guessing i'm I'm saying if those are things you're really interested in maybe you should look away from the the coco but you could still bring a lot of yeah. the the knowledge and um you know OS and, and 6809 programming, of course, because you're, you're emulating a 6009 but it's about ten times, twelve times faster than a Coco 3's even with a 6309 in it. So there, are, there are other options out there, but obviously, follow your bliss. If you're interested in the Gimme X, then
2: you know, bust a move. <laughs> you know, well, like I said, if you. If uh, if that's the direction your heart pines, uh, that's fine. Just be prepared to wait uh, as long as it takes. <laughs> we don't know how long that'll be. Anyway, well, is that uh, does that beat this one to death, or is it time to move on to another topic? All right. Okay. Well, we'll table this for now. A Christmas gift from Radio Shack. Before
0: Christmas, they claimed they were bored. But then I found Radio Shack's incredible selection
2: of electronic games. He's rescuing the fair maiden with the King Man game. She's exploring dangerous new worlds with Zack Man. And with the alien chase game, he can do space battle with an opponent or by himself. <laughs> there are more gifts if anyone's bored. I was.
1: Fascinating electronic games from $7.95 to $59.95.
2: Only at Radio Shack. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. Um, The next item on my list was um, basically uh, what what has been filling your cocoa time? What have you been doing with the time that you would have previously uh, spent working on cocoa? I wish I could tell you that I've been up to tons of stuff, but uh, I haven't. Um, I have uh, items on my desk uh, from cocoa-related projects that have sat there since before the pandemic. Just to taunt me, I, I occasionally think of things that I'd like to do and this or that, but mostly they kind of stop at the uh, rearrange stuff so I can actually have a place to work uh, stage. <laughs> um, so um, so right there, uh, that, that, and since the podcast has stopped, then, um, um, you know, this is pretty much the only thing cocoa related uh, I've done in a while. I know Boise has been working on uh, some stuff that's not quite cocoa related, but uh, he's filled some of that cocoa time with a different project. Um, I yeah. think maybe he'd like to evangelize a bit sure. there. Uh,
3: Mike, Mike alluded to it, the F-256, the Phoenix 6809 computer, which relates a 6502 computer that has a 6809 motherboard on it.
1: <clears throat>
3: I have OS 9, level 1, and level 2 ported and running to it very well. It has some great capabilities, very fast very performant, and it is what I would want a cocoa today to be. So I, I'm not calling this a cocoa 4, God knows, and <laughs> it's not a cocoa in the sense where you can put a multi-pack and other things like that on it. But it, it feels like to me what a TC9 would have been with modern hardware, right? I have mine sitting in a mini-ITX ATX, ITX case, and it's, uh, it's a great, great thing. I've got uh, a number of people on board, Mike included, who have bought it with the with the knowledge that OS9 is being worked on? Basic 0 9 is running great on it. Some great graphics capabilities, uh, some great hardware capabilities. It's a fun machine. You're not going to run disc Basic on it. not the, the point. I'm not porting disc Basic to it, but uh, it it has the spirit of the Coco 3, and uh, you know what what the Coco 3 would be today, I would say, and it has a growing community, a nice community. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it Uh, and and ancillary to that. I have been doing a lot of work in the Nitrous 9 project. We have Nitrous 9 source code now hosted on GitHub, which I think is a much better platform than SourceForge. I want to thank the people who've worked on it for years, including Tormod, who's amenable to having it moved. And uh, right now I'm bringing in some changes uh, into the kernel that uh, Curtis Boyle had made for... uh, EOU and uh, making that happen. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in the OS9 side of the Coco slash F256 portal. Pretty fun.
2: Cool. Cool. And I uh, said, I heard Mike say that he's kind of following you down that path a bit. Um, Mike, you have anything to add there?
1: Um, well, as far as answering what I've been up to, uh, I've been buried with work projects and like. Schedule has been Swiss cheese and crazy hours, and it seems like I, I've done some studying and some reading, and, and, but I haven't been able to consistently uh, spend time. I, I, at the Christmas break, uh, like I said, I bought the, <laughs> the F-256 Jr., but I have not even had time to put it in the case and power it up yet, and that's what I plan to do over Christmas break, so yeah, get, OS, get OS 9 Level 2 running on it and uh, you know have a, a machine to play with, so I'm looking forward to that. Boom,
2: mm-hmm. boom. Mm-hmm. Neil, how about you? What have you been doing with your time lately?
4: Well, Cocoa related, I've actually, like I said, going through my actual Cocos, you know, I'm cleaning everything up, testing it, you know, going through the pile and um, just getting myself organized. I'm still playing with Cocos.
2: Oh, that's good. good. And uh, mm-hmm.
4: I'm trying to do a, a side project. I mean, it's something simple, but I got to place a, a big order, unfortunately. I want to make Y cables for the Cocoa, something handy that people could use.
2: Yeah, that's nice. Mean, like, for, them, yeah. for the side slot.
4: That's right. Yeah. So you don't have to use an MPI. Just have two devices, right?
2: Sure. Well, Ron, uh, don't don't think you're getting out of this.
0: Uh <laughs> what are you doing? What are you I doing said, with your Cocoa um, Time these days? The Cocoa Time. So been working on the Cocoa Pie project still. I had Ooh. a release about about a month and a half ago, two months ago. But every two years, I, I have to uh, kind of rebuild it with the latest version of the Raspberry Pi operating system. Certain things no longer want to compile. You know, there's a lot of development going on where certain things just don't compile right anymore or certain things don't run because of old g versions and things like that. So MAME was a big one, of course. MAME is a, a big part of that project from an emulation standpoint. It no longer wanted to compile on the older... Older OS, so I updated that to 64-bit and um, got all the development tools and things on it and released it. And now the Raspberry Pi Fives are coming out. Um, I did order one. I pre-ordered one a while ago. It just came in this week. I will say it's a pretty, pretty fast little device. I've been doing some testing on it, and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. It's been a long wait for it, but so I'm working on getting the Cocoa Pie project on that one now as well. But Honestly, I'm so, so much more focused on the development tool side, like your, uh, the tool shed project and all the other things, DriveWire, um, more than just the emulation. I, I think there's a lot of value in having a small footprint device where everything's already pre-installed, ready to go. We just need more software developers to take advantage of, uh, you know, use it to actually write stuff for the cocoa itself. But I certainly try to bundle a lot of things from the community into that project so it's ready to go. People don't have to install stuff. And that's, yeah. so it's not Cocoa exactly, but it's Cocoa related, we'll say.
2: <laughs> sure, no, sure.
0: Absolutely. absolutely.
2: I think that's still the, a big issue in the in the Cocoa world is uh, we, we need more people developing software. Um, you'd think after all those years of talking about that kind of stuff and people getting involved, and a few people get involved and learn some assembly or this or that, but not that many actually seem to turn around to produce new software. Uh, a few people write new games, but uh, you know you don't see a, a lot of of you don't even see a lot of new games. Honestly, most people are kind of like me, where they come and uh, to do one game maybe and <laughs> and then spin on it for a while. But, you know, the, the, there is one good place for people that are aspiring to learn more about uh, retro computing and Tandy and, and uh, color computer in, in particular at a, a level that makes you more competent uh, to do development for the, for the, the machines. And uh, that's in Springfield, Ohio, uh, in, uh, in uh, the, every fall where we have Tandy Assembly. I'd like to recommend to everyone that Tandy Assembly it is an awesome event and uh certainly my favorite event these days and uh i think uh everyone on the call here will, will be in agreement that uh Tandy Assembly is a wonderful place to go and express your retro computing interest anyone uh anyone wants to hear me on with that
1: amen brother absolutely absolutely it's it's really is more of an incubator for ideas you know, there's so so much of a of a brain trust there from all the other platforms as well. That uh, yeah,
2: there's a lot of people even if they it. don't know necessarily uh, specifically about the cocoa, they know about a lot of things, and they kind of are they know how to get projects done and how to motivate projects and motivate themselves. Just a yeah. good experience to be in and around those people and rubbing elbows and and meeting other like-minded individuals. Definitely yeah. a a good thing.
3: I've uh. I actually speaking of that, speaking of Tandy Assembly, I've started uh reviewing the retro events that I want to attend in twenty twenty four and budgeting for those, travel and so forth. And Tandy Assembly is definitely on my list. Uh, I love going there. Great event, kudos. And uh the the, the Z eighty folks are very friendly. They are not in any way standoffish to the Coco folks. They're very inclusive. No, they're
2: great. Definitely do highlights of, uh, of the retro years, going and hanging out with some of those folks. And uh, like I say, it's uh, nice to, to have some people with a little bit different interests, but still have that uh, knowledge of, of... You can still make jokes about Tandy and Radio Shack and they'll still so laugh. So, very very cool stuff. Anyway, so that was uh, my big thing with this. I just wanted to plug Tandy Assembly. <laughs> so... um. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone listening that stayed around to this point uh, gets the message, and will make uh, their plans to come and join us at Tandy Assembly this year. Anyone else got anything that they'd like to add to our overall discussion? Any fresh comments on uh, Steve Bjork or Gimme X, or uh, what you've been doing with your Cocoa time? All right. Well, uh, Cocoa Cruisers. Thank you for listening to this impromptu um, episode 98 of the Cocoa Group podcast. Um, we uh, love that you've uh, been such good uh, uh, good listeners and uh, such a good audience for the podcast over the years. And uh, we hope you don't mind this uh, one little encore performance. All right. Thanks, everyone.
3: It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I
1: needed to give a real family pleaser.
3: Honey, please help me with this budget.
1: How
3: about a new game, Dad? Please.
1: And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale priced for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack.
4: Before I mention the parting thoughts, I've got an important addendum to make. Since we've recorded this podcast a few days ago, we've heard some tragic news. Steve Bjork has put on his wings. The Glenside Color Computer Club made an official announcement of Steve's passing at 65 years of age on April 10th, 2023. I can say one thing. Steve will not be forgotten. He was a huge part of the Cocoa community in the past, and as of recently, he could be found attending Cocoa Talk. I had the pleasure to meet Steve twice at CocoFest Fest in 2010 and 2018, Steve created a plethora of video games for the Coco, and a few for the Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and Game Boy video game consoles. Steve also created one of my all-time favorite Coco 3 games called Marty's Nightmare, which I have reviewed on an earlier episode. From all of us here on the Coco Crew Podcast, we send our deepest sympathy to Steve and his family. You will definitely be missed by many of us in the Coco community.
1: Welcome to Marty's Nightmare. Get ready, player one. I've
2: got a hardware problem. Oh, really? Hurry, your seminar is about to start. I've got a software question.
4: Oh, really? Well, we hope you enjoyed our special holiday year-end podcast. You just never know when we're going to pop up with a surprise podcast here and there. Thanks to all of you who listen and support us, and also support the Coco. Have a safe and happy holidays, and be sure to ring in the new year with some Cocoing. Until next time... Coco and Retro
0: Forever. It's a blast from the past. Please listen carefully. Coco!
4: Dance like there's no tomorrow. What is this crazy rock
3: and roll music anyway? last from the past. Dance, dance, dance.